to Library Cooks, a new podcast from Lexington Public Library. I'm Erin. And I'm Jennifer. And we're both librarians and we love to cook. So do you want to introduce your cooking experience first? Sure. So I was inspired by my parents, my father who taught cooking, who kind of as a child did not let my sister and I into the kitchen. We The kitchen was his domain. And so I didn't really start to learn how to cook or really think about cooking until I moved away from home. And then would call my father and ask him how to do things. And my father would would remind me like, oh, you got to do this or you got to do that. So I kind of got inspired by him and really by trial and error became someone who enjoyed cooking and didn't see it as a chore, but to really enjoy the food that I was making. Great. I'm very similarly, I was inspired by both my parents. My dad on the weekends would cook a lot of stir fries and uh, would cook out. And then with my mom, we would play cooking show, which I later realized was based on Julia Child. Um, my mom would do the voice and everything, but being little, I had no idea who <laughs> like, Julia Child was. Yes, I just thought this is when you cooked, you put this voice on. So it was a lot of fun as a child learning to cook that way. That's something I think all families should do. I yes. think you should teach your children how to cook. Or if there's that uncle or aunt or that person in your family that's the cook, I think I would definitely introduce my kid to that person and <laughs> yeah. let them cook. I think you can learn a lot from from that. I mean, you know, I, I think I learned from my grandmother, my mm-hmm. mom, friends who are really good cooks have taught me things. So I think it's sort of a shared, you want to share your knowledge. You want to share your information with people. And that's kind of what this podcast is all about. So for our first episode, we have decided to review celebrity cookbooks. And there's so many of them. Yes. Everybody and their dog has a cookbook out. (laughs) So we we picked three. And the way that we decided to format our podcast is that we would each make a recipe from one cookbook. And then we would each pick another cookbook to make a recipe from. And I should go ahead and make a disclaimer. I'm a vegetarian, so a lot of the recipes I'm going to sub things and talk about that. But I have no problem with you eating meat. Feel free to do what you like. (laughs) I would consider myself a flexitarian. I do eat meat sometimes. I do try to limit the amount of meat I eat. So I'm not opposed of cooking meat. I cook meat. But I do think... There is a point in your life where you kind of have to limit the amount of uh, meat you eat. So some of our recipes or the things that we look at might have more of a vegetarian bit, maybe at times and maybe not. So we'll see how it goes as our podcast kind of goes along. This month, the three that we picked were Cravings by Chrissy Teigen. The Seasoned Life by Aisha Curry, and Stirring Up Fun with Food by Sarah Michelle Geller. And these are all available in the library, so if you like what you hear of these, you can put them on hold, and they'll be ready for you. Yes. Which cookbook did you want to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about Cravings first, because we, I think we agreed that it was the best out of the three, so we'll it, start with the best instead of saving the best for last. I think that's a good idea. I do think... Overall, the three cookbooks, it was the most successful as a cookbook. I think if you look at just a breakdown of what I think makes a great cookbook, it has beautiful photographs. 
It has ingredients that you can find at your local grocery store. Uh, you're not hunting for some special herb that you can't seem to find. It's easy to look at. I mean, the, everything is right there. There's the temperatures. There's the times that it take you to make it. And um, overall, I thought the cookbook was just a really all-around fun cookbook. And I really especially enjoyed her head notes uh, at the top of each recipe. And a good head note should have any substitutions you need to make, a personal story about this recipe, why that it's really good. And she tells really funny stories at the top of hers. For this recipe, she talked about a thing called ambient eating and that she felt like this had to have been ambient cooking because she didn't remember making it the first time. Uh, They just woke up and they had the leftovers for it. So I thought that that was really funny. This particular recipe called for Velveeta, which I Mm. thought was interesting. You really don't see that very much. Right. And I'll be honest, um, I'm not a huge fan of Velveeta. I know it's delicious and it's melty, but it's really not the healthiest cheese. I guess if cheese could be somewhat healthy. Well, it's really not cheese. It's not. (laughs) It's a processed of something. Yes. So, um... I was a little I was a little worried about that, but I thought, hey, you know, let's let's try this. It's gonna be fun. So and it, I will be honest, it was a very good. It was, it was very, good. very, very good. So it calls for six large jalapeno peppers. I did not use six. I used four because I went to Trader Joe's and they sell them in fives and I was not gonna buy ten. And <laughs> then one of them was moldy on the inside. So I only used four and I thought that the heat was just enough at four myself. I used four as well. I did not use that many jalapenos. I think you can. It's up to like the people you're going to serve it to. I'm I'm sure I could have made it hotter at my house, but I chose not to because it just to me I was afraid it was going to overpower the whole thing. Yeah, and chorizo is a spicy meat. Now I right. used the Trader Joe's soy chorizo in mine, which has a lot of spice in it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I knew that that spice was going to get made up right elsewhere. So I actually used chorizo, um, and it really really gave it a bite. I mean, it really mm-hmm. was spicy. And delicious. <laughs> yes, I thought it was a very good dip. We pretty much had it for dinner. I think we made just like a couple of quesadillas to go with it. So a lot of cheese happened in <laughs> it that meal. It was a meal. cheese meal. Yes. <laughs> but it was very good. Well, I chose to do a, a recipe from The Seasoned Life by Aisha Curry. Her cookbook is also a very beautiful cookbook, beautiful photographs, but I chose to make her, well, let's go back. Her cookbook is much healthier, let's say, than Chrissy Teigen's cookbook. Yeah. Um, She does have some lovely stories throughout the book, but I chose to pick something that was a little healthier, and I ended up doing a little bit of substitutions for uh, what her salad dressing. So, And why did you do that? Oh, and I did that because I thought it might be a little bland. Mm. So I'll talk a little bit about what I made, which was the pear and arugula salad with shaved Parmesan. The ingredients were very simple. I grow a lot of herbs myself, and so I had some frozen, but I had it calls for time. I believe you could use dried thyme, but I think if you have the ability to use fresh herbs, you should try that. It was basically pears, walnuts, a dressing, and arugula salad with 
some Parmesan, which is a very simple salad. You can make this a meal if you wanted to, if you wanted mm-hmm. to serve a, a, a meat or um, maybe even a, a pasta dish, risotto or something like that. Yeah. I changed the dressing because I really did think it was bland. And I am someone who loves vinegar. So I actually had pear vinegar at my house and uh, <laughs> decided to uh, make a pear balsamic vinegar dressing to go with it, which was a little bit of a Dijon mustard, a little lemon juice, a little salt, a little pepper, and olive oil. And it ended up being a little more of a bite to the salad. So I did try it with the dressing that she mentioned, mm-hmm. and I just... I just thought it needed more, and so I I decided to change it up. I think that's also really common with cookbooks. I don't want to generalize about celebrity cookbooks that right. they are tend to be more bland, but I feel like some cookbooks, especially ones that are trying to appeal to a very general audience or a beginner audience for cooking, they do tend to be a little more bland, which is not bad at no, all. No, we're not saying and that. It's very easy to update it to your taste. Just like right, and I think if you're comfortable and you have the ingredients and you've made something like this before, I like to make salad dressings. I do not purchase salad. I don't buy salad dressings anymore. I found that I can whip up something just as quick as I can. (laughs) You know, okay, yeah, it's not as quick as like opening the top of it and pouring on your salad. But I think there's something to be said about knowing what you put in it. So I really enjoyed the salad. I thought the salad was delicious, but I did change the dressing. And it sounds like it would be a great side salad for a meal, too. And so maybe, you know, if you are serving it as a side, using the more basic olive oil and lemon will really complement what else you choose to put with it. That's true. And she does make a suggestion. I will say this. She does make a suggestion in the book of another salad dressing that she has made within the book. And you could have used that. But the actual ingredients, if I was just breaking down the recipe, I did exactly what the recipe said for our podcast Mm -hmm. and then decided to change it. other cookbook was Stirring Up Fun with Food by Sarah Michelle Geller, and I made mini broccoli cheddar bread puddings, and broccoli cheddar is my Achilles heel. I will, <laughs> if it has broccoli cheddar on it, I will eat it. So I was really excited to see these in here. It was pretty simple to make. The one kind of criticism I have about the book is that it doesn't give you an idea of how long the recipe is going to take. You have to read through it to actually see how long it's going to take you. So just reading through it, it looks like it's like half an hour maybe, but in reality it took almost an hour to do all the prep work and get it in the oven. So So longer than you actually thought. Yeah, so a lot longer than I thought. And I'm pretty experienced with reading a recipe and knowing how long it's going to take. But this one, there was definitely some hidden hidden prep. You really need to read the recipe. Yes. And I will suggest really quick, just as a cookbook reader, Mm -hmm. um, and we both are, that if before you start making a recipe, always make sure you read through the entire recipe at least once before you even try to make it because you will find that you might miss a step. Yes. So that's That's happened to me. Yes, that's happened to me multiple times. I also, even though I don't 
practice what I preach, I do recommend that you go ahead and have all of your ingredients together. Very important. I tend not to do that, and that probably is what added time to me making the recipe is I like to get something going and then go get something else. But that's just how I how I cook. Well, um. I'm the opposite <laughs> of that, and I am probably too prepared and have everything setting out. Probably if it's not refrigerated. I probably have it setting out because I know I'm going to make it later. And um, so I'm a little bit anal about that. <laughs> so, like, I have to see all the ingredients right there. So I'm like, yes, okay. I know what I'm doing. I'm going for this. Yeah. So the thing with this particular cookbook, the stirring up fun with food, is it's very family and kid-oriented. So the portion sizes are a little smaller. I was actually worried that this recipe is supposed to make 12 muffin-sized bread puddings. I was afraid it wasn't going to. I I was afraid that it was going to be short. Ended up not being short. There was a little extra bread left over, and it, it turned out really well. The only thing that I would not recommend that you do if you do try this recipe is use the paper muffin liners because they stick really bad. Just Mm. use a metal tray and just spray the heck out of it with some Pam. (laughs) I I wouldn't try to use the, because we were like picking it off the bottom with our fingers, even spraying it down as well. So I just wouldn't use them. So what was the bread base of that particular recipe? It was brioche. And so that can be a little harder to find. I think Kroger has it sometimes. I do most of my shopping at Aldi. We happen to need to go to Trader Joe's to get the soy chorizo. So that's where I got it. And it came in a loaf that was already sliced, which was really nice. So all I had to do was quarter it after that. But that is a that took a pretty good amount of time to quarter it, measure it. Right. So you did have to shop a little bit more than you would have with this particular recipe. But overall, would you say the cookbook, you didn't wouldn't have to do that? I don't think so. I think the recipes where it is more kid-oriented, it's very family-friendly. It should be things that you either have on hand already or very easy to find wherever you shop. And it looks beautifully colored. Yes. So pretty. Yes. And the... Interesting thing that I've never actually seen in a cookbook, it's broken up by month, and it's color-coded by month, but I really like there are two themed sections in it for Star Wars and Shark Week. So if you have kids that are into Star Wars or sharks, you can get them to try some new things with this cookbook, I think. And I think this would be a good cookbook to hand to your child and say, pick something out of here, and I think they'd be able to. Let's do something fun together in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. And this book, also, the co-author of this book, her child prefers to eat food on sticks. So there is a lot of food on sticks in this. So (laughs) if if you're opposed to sticks, this is the book for you. (laughs) If you like, if you have a lot of kebab skewers around, I think you'll be great (laughs) to make a lot of the different (laughs) things. This is your cookbook. Yes. I mean, there's even tortellini on a stick. So I've never seen something like that. But if that's how your kid, if you get them to eat by putting it on a stick... More power to you, whatever you got to do. <laughs> That's true. So overall, your impression of the cookbooks that we tried, what do, you, what do you think? I think that all three of them were nice cookbooks. I think they all had some beautiful photographs. Mm-hmm. I do think overall, and like we said at the beginning of our podcast, that Christy Teigen's book, Cravings, was really overall the better cookbook. Mm-hmm. It just... The layout of the cookbook was was better. I think that 
the cookbook had more photographs in it. Mm -hmm. The ingredients were a little more basic. There were things that you could find. And I think there was no having to hunt to look for information in that particular cookbook where I do find that the other two did. Yes, absolutely. The Christy Teigen's book... Right at the top, it tells you the servings, it tells you your prep time, and it tells you your total time. So it tells you how long you should expect to prep your ingredients and how long they should cook. Uh, And I just, I felt like that's my pet peeve Mm -hmm. with a cookbook. If it doesn't tell me, I don't like it. (laughs) Well, I think you want to have an outcome. You want to know how, you know, if you're a busy person and you're working and Mm -hmm. and you want to make something because it looks like something you would like, and then you're just like, well, how long is this actually going to take me? And you read... At the end of the page, it's going to take you an hour of prep or it's going to cook for this long. You might change your mind or you've already started cooking it and realize you don't have enough time. And so I think that's really, really important when you're looking at a a Mm -hmm. recipe and, and or a cookbook. So for our next podcast, we are going to take a look at Kentucky cookbooks. And I think it'll be fun. And I think being here in the state of Kentucky, we're going to find lots of cookbooks for us to review. And so it might be hard for us to narrow it down. Yes. So we will also, ahead of the Derby, we'll see what we can find as far as mint juleps and different things with some bourbon in it. So we'll have it well ahead of the Derby since this next episode will be out in April. So maybe some appetizers to have Mm -hmm. at your Derby party, maybe something fun. Yes, and we will have on the podcast website, we will have the list of the books that we just reviewed and the recipes that we tried. Thank you so much for listening to us. Yes, thanks. And hopefully you will come back and listen to us next month. See you then. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you have any questions for us about the cookbooks we reviewed or books you would like us to review, you can contact us at our website, www.lexpublive.org podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Erin. And we'll be back next time with more cookbooks and recipes to share.